chapter thirteen of molly's prince this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org molly's prince by rosa newshet carey chapter thirteen concerning guardian angels and ethuriel's spear though many a year has o'er us rolled since life's bright morning-tide i'm dreaming still the dream of old we once dreamt side by side helen marion burnside it had been a long trying day to waveney and it was a great relief when she found herself again in the pansy room it was still early in the evening but as soon as the door had closed upon the girl althea rose from her chair i have had a tiring afternoon dory she said in rather a weary voice a well-dressed crush always flattens me so many smart bonnets and so few brains somehow society always reminds me of a trifle all sweetness and froth aren't you a little mixed althea returned her sister good-humouredly there is froth certainly but in my experience there is plenty of richness and sweetness underneath if you only dig deep enough oh i dare say and then a droll idea came to althea and she laughed softly don't you remember the gingerbread queens that we used to buy when we were children at the medhurst fair and how angry i was when someone stripped the gilt off i thought it was real gold like nebuchadnezzar's image well some of those fine ladies reminded me of the gingerbread queens doreen looked amused you are in a pessimistic mood dear then she put her hands on her sister's shoulders and scrutinized her face a little anxiously you are very tired are your eyes paining you althea no dear but i think i shall go to bed but when she had left the room doreen did not at once resume her book i wonder what is troubling her she said to herself i know her expression so well and with all her little jokes she is not at ease i hope that we have not made a grievous mistake in engaging miss ward and yet she seems a nice little thing but there is a look in althea's eyes to-night as though she had seen a ghost when one is no longer young the ghosts will come and then doreen sighed and took up her book althea was very tired but it was mental not bodily fatigue that had brought the dark shadows under her eyes but it was not her habit to spare herself or to shunt her duties so instead of going straight to her room she turned down the passage that led to the two little chambers where their humbler guests slept and sat for a few minutes beside laura cairn's bed the girl slept badly and althea's sympathetic nature guessed intuitively how a few cheering words would sweeten the long night and she never missed her evening visit it is better to lie awake in the country than in tottenham court roads she said presently then laura smiled oh yes miss harford it is so heavenly the peace and silence but at first it almost startled me in london the cabs and carts are always passing and there seems no quiet at all but here one can lie and think of the birds in their nests and how good it is to be free from pain 
oh i am so much better and it is all owing to your kindness and this dear old place and here the girl's lips rested for a moment on the kind hand that held hers but you will not leave me without my message miss harford for it was one of althea's habits to give what she called night thoughts to the sick girls who came to the red house althea paused a moment for once she had forgotten it then some words of thomas a kempis came to her seek not much rest but much patience and she repeated them softly will that do laura oh yes and thank you so much miss harford not much rest but much patience i must remember that i must remember it too thought althea and then she went to the cubby-house to bid her old nurse good-night and to have a little chat with her nurse marks was loud in her praises of waveney i like her miss althea my dear she said eagerly she has pretty manners and a good heart dear dear just to think of it being jonadab's young lady he thinks a deal of her does jonadab she will be a comfort to you my dearie but there you are looking weary my lamb and peachy will be waiting to brush your hair and althea was thankful to be dismissed she sent peachy away as soon as possible and then sat down in an easy chair by the window her eyes were aching but the darkness rested them she was a good sleeper generally but to-night she knew that no wooing of the drowsy god would avail her doreen was right and the ghost of the past had suddenly started up in her path althea's youth had been a very happy one until the day when she and everard ward had gathered peaches together in the walled garden at kitlands and then it had seemed to her as though they were the very apples of sodom mere dust and ashes everard had judged his own case far too leniently he had been eager to clear himself from blame a young fellow has his fancies before he settles down finally he would say in his careless way oh yes you are right edgerton i was sweet on althea harford there was something fascinating about her she was rather fetching and picturesque you know what i mean but dorothy well it was love at first sight the real thing and no mistake i wanted to ask her to marry me that very first evening only i could not do it you know i suppose not returned his friend dryly you are a cool hand everard upon my word i wonder what miss harford thought about it all perhaps i am a bit old-fashioned but in my day we did not think it good form to pay court to one girl and marry another but this plain speaking only offended everard probably because in his inner consciousness he knew the older man had spoken the truth through the sweet spring days and the glorious months of summer everard ward had wooed the young heiress with the eager persistence that was natural to him althea's fascinating personality her gentleness and bright intelligence all dominated the young man and for a time at least he honestly believed himself in love with her he was not fickle by nature and if dorothy sinclair had not crossed his path and played rosalind to his orlando in the green glades of kitlands park he would to a certainty have married althea harford hearts do not break they say but when althea walked down the terrace steps that day with her basket of peaches on her arm she knew that the gladness and sweetness of her young life had faded 
and that if her heart were not actually broken it was only because her unselfishness and sense of right forbade such wreckage i shall live through it dory she had said to her sister in those early days of misery and god helping me it shall not make me bitter but it has robbed me of my youth one cannot suffer in this way and keep young and she was right if you could only hate him ejaculated doreen in your circumstances i know i should loathe and despise him but althea only shook her head how could i hate him when i have grown to love him with my whole heart when i have regarded myself as his but here she stopped and hid her face in her hands with a choking sob oh dory that is the worst of all that i should have believed it and that he never meant it that he never really loved me i think he was very fond of you althea returned doreen eagerly mother was saying so only last night yes he was fond of me we were friends but i was not his closest and dearest dory we must never talk of this again you and i a wound like this so sore and deep should be covered up and hidden i must hide it even from myself there is only one thing that i want to say and then we will bury our dead i cannot hate everard hatred is not in my nature and neither can i ever cease to love him oh there is no need for you to look so shocked as doreen's face expressed strong disapproval of this there will be no impropriety in the love i shall bear him if i could i would be his guardian angel and keep all troubles from him then she sighed and put her hand gently on her sister's shoulder seek not much rest but much patience that shall be my new year's motto we will bury our dead those had been her words and for twenty years the grass had grown over that grave and yet on this september night the ghost of her old love had haunted her and the ache of the old pain had made itself felt is there any grave deep enough to bury a woman's love althea harford was nearly forty-one and yet the memory of everard ward with his perfect face and boyish winning ways his gay insouciance and light-hearted mirth made her heart throb with quickened beats of pain all these years these weary years she had never met any one like him never any one whom she could compare with him people had often told her that he was not specially clever that his talents were by no means of a first-class order but she had never believed them to her fond fancy he was the embodiment of every manly gift and beauty even dorothy with all her love for her husband would have marvelled at althea's infatuation and now everard's daughter was under her roof and the knowledge that this was so had driven the sleep from her eyes and filled her with a strange restlessness waveney's smile and the turn of her head and something in her voice recalled everard more than once that evening she had winced as some familiar tone brought him too vividly before her waveney's artless confidence had given her food for thought she had long known the hard fight that everard ward was waging in his attempts to keep the wolf from the door on more than one occasion her secret beneficence had lightened his weight of care if everard had guessed who was the real purchaser of some of his pictures 
he would not have pocketed the money quite so happily but althea kept her own counsel if i could only be his guardian angel she had said in her girlish misery and no pure wish had ever been expressed by woman's lips in some ways she had been everard ward's good angel all these years still she had never realized the extent of his poverty until waveney had told her about the purchase of king canute a friend of mr ingram's wanted a historical picture and it was so fortunate that he took a fancy to king canute he had actually paid five-and-twenty guineas and they had paid off the disagreeable butcher and now father would have the new greatcoat that he wanted so badly waveney had said all this with girlish frankness as she and her new friend had paced up and down the garden path in the september darkness but althea had made no answer she only shivered a little as though she were cold and a few minutes later she proposed to return to the house it is a beautiful evening but we must not forget that it is september she had observed but her voice was a little strained no she had never really realized until that moment how badly things had gone with him that mention of the great-coat had effectually opened her eyes and then as though to mock her a little scene rose before her a certain golden afternoon spent in an old studio at chelsea where everard ward and a friend had established themselves how well she remembered it and the balcony full of flowers overlooking the river with a gay awning overhead it was summer-time and she had put on a white gown in honour of the occasion and everard had brought her a cluster of dark velvety roses they will give you the colour you need he had said looking at her admiringly what an ideal artist he had seemed to her in his brown velveteen coat the yellow sunshine seemed to make a halo round his fair hair you look like a glorified angel ward his friend had said laughingly what do you say miss harford would he not do for ethereal in my picture of adam and eve sleeping in paradise with the evil one whispering in eve's ear do you remember the passage him thus intent ethereal with his spear touched lightly look here old man you must sit for me to-morrow but everard had only grumbled and looked bored in those days greatcoats had certainly not been lacking and as this thought occurred to her althea had shivered and become silent about four-and-twenty hours later molly received the following letter which she carried off to her bedroom and read over and over again she had already had the note in which waveney had described the cubby-house and her pansy room and molly had certainly not expected another so soon my own sweetheart here i am actually writing to you again but i know what a long weary day this has been and how my sweet moll has been missing me and i said to myself a letter by the last post will send her to sleep happily and make her think that we are not so far apart after all well and how do you think i have been spending my first day of servitude why all by myself on the common and if you had been there it would have been simply perfect the common is such a beautiful place and it stretches away for miles but you will be saying to yourself is this the way miss harford's reader performs her duties my dear child i have not seen my miss harford to-day at breakfast-time 
miss doreen told me that her sister had had a bad night and that she was suffering great pain in her eyes it is so severe an attack she explained that she cannot bear a vestige of light and reading would drive her distracted her maid peachy is looking after her and most likely by evening the pain will have worn itself out and then she advised me to take a book out of the library and sit on the common as she would be absent the greater part of the day it was rather a business choosing a book but i took ayala's angel at last as it looked amusing and angels always remind me of my molly there is that not a pretty speech the two little yorkshire terriers accompanied me fuss and fury they are such dear little fellows and it was just lovely there was a little green nook with a comfortable bench a little way back from the road and there i spent the morning miss doreen was still at the house so i had luncheon alone and afterwards i went out in the garden the two shop-girls were there they had hammock chairs under a tree the tall pale girl was working and the other was reading to her i stopped to speak to them and then i found a delightful seat in the kitchen garden it was so warm and sunny that you would have thought it was august mitchell came to tell me when tea was ready and now i am up in my pansy room writing to you there is a pillar-box quite near and when i have finished it i shall slip out and post it and then a few loving messages to her father and noel closed the letter End of chapter thirteen